Hi, Dr. Gator here. Are you ready to take your family's health to the next level? Check out my free immunity and wellness masterclass at integrativepediatrics.com. Have I ever told you the moment I knew I was pregnant? Oh, you actually, you have, but I don't think anybody else has heard <laughs> <Okay, laughs> You should let them know. You're supposed to play along with me. <laughs> no, no, I, don't, right. I, I don't play along. <laughs> so I, I got one of those ridiculous red light camera tickets. I'm, it's embarrassing to say that I've had like five of them, and I was sitting in court, and I was sitting there listening to them give their spiel, and I felt like I wasn't alone. I felt a consciousness and a presence inside my body. It was crazy. So, yeah, I was in traffic court when I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> those, those cameras, they're, they're not even legal anymore, I don't think. Not here. Well, I don't know. I still get these $500 tickets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, from the moment you feel that presence, you are a mom. Mama. Welcome, parents, to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising Amazing. I don't know. How was your Mother's Day, Serena? It was great. I, I feel so honored to be in the mom club and to get a Mother's Day. The second year, you know, you're, you're in the mom's club. I mean, the first year you don't really feel like it, but then the second year, you know, yeah. you're definitely, you're definitely Def part of the club, the cool kids, you know? Ex exactly. <laughs> um, so how was your Mother's Day with Sarah? It was really nice. We had a little you know, family get together, so it was really nice to see everybody. Um, and it was, it was pretty relaxed. I mean, we, we did a little bit more the weekend, uh, last weekend. So, you know, it was, it was pretty uh, down, down to earth, not much going on, just hanging out with family and, and, and just... Uh, Hanging out by the pool. And it was your birthday. Happy it birthday, was doctor. My birthday. Thank you. Thank you. You can I tell am, us how old you are. I'm, I'm actually 60. Just uh, <laughs> have really, really good plastic surgeon. So I look, I look, I look great. <laughs> oh, you're not going to tell us how old you are. Okay. <laughs> well, happy birthday. Thank um, you. I wish I could say we should all go out for like birthday drinks or something. Maybe soon. Maybe soon. Yeah, I think soon. I mean, the, 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 at least in Los Angeles, the bars are opening back up. So. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. can, we can go with no reservations anymore. You know, we can, uh, we can, well, you probably still need a reservation, but you don't have to feel any reservations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no emotional reservations, but you actually do probably need a reservation. Yes. Right, right. We have a really special guest today. We are continuing our Mother's Day theme into this week, and we have mama-to-be Hunter McGrady. But we just wanted to say um, something tragic happened in her life she lost her little brother last week in a terrible accident and we are devastated for her and we just wanted to let you know that we did record this episode before the accident so um we wanted to acknowledge this and send our love to her and our condolences to hunter and her family she is pregnant and to have to experiencing this kind of loss while pregnant is just devastating i don't know i miss being pregnant it's such a special time and you are a mother the moment that moment in court or wherever your moment is <laughs> however mm -hmm. you find out you're pregnant i i feel like that's when motherhood begins i think well, i totally agree i think you know well the more that we learn uh, through research and and studies and, and everything we know that everything that happens during pregnancy can affect the baby yeah um, and you know you, your body's amazing and it can definitely shield babies from you know t certain toxins and certain stresses but really everything affects the baby so you really most definitely are a parent the the second that you that you you know know i guess i, I, I just <laughs> found out today I took Nico to the dentist for the first time, and he has this, like, little yellow line on, on the bottom of his teeth, and I just figured I wasn't brushing his teeth good enough. And she said, no, that is called intrinsic calcification. And she asked me if I was really sick when I was pregnant or if he had a traumatic birth, which, which he actually did. And she said that at, there, at some point his body was like, I'm not going to pay attention to forming my teeth right now because 
all my little baby energy needs to go to other things to keep me healthy and alive. So, and, and that is what that little yellow line is. Can you believe that? Well, of course you can believe that because you're a pediatrician. <laughs> but I, I, just, I can believe it. Or, or, you know, just eating some Play-Doh or, you know, coloring with a yellow marker. <laughs> you, you, you had the dentist fooled. <laughs> <laughs> we are just thrilled to talk to Hunter. We talk about her pregnancy and body positivity, which I am a huge, huge advocate for. I wrote a whole book series. I co-wrote a whole book series with one of my best friends, Jody Lipper. And we redefined the term hot chick because uh, hot isn't about looking a certain way. It is about an inner confidence and beauty, no matter what size you are. Anyway, and Hunter has devoted her life to to this kind of uh, body positivity, speaking and bringing women together. So just super stoked to talk to her. Yeah, and she's she's so much fun. So much fun. Let's get into it. You guys, I am so unbelievably excited for our guest today. We have Hunter McGrady. I am a huge fan of hers. Hunter McGrady is a model and activist featured within Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue four years running. McGrady has devoted her time in the spotlight to nurturing women of all body types. Recently married, she has worked with brands such as The Knot and Glamour to dispel the rumors that women should change themselves for their wedding day. I love that. She's a model in high demand working for Amazon, Macy's, Olay, Alme, Revlon, Lane Bryant, Bare Necessities. In uh, 2020, she released her own clothing line, All Worthy by Hunter McGrady for QVC. And she has her own podcast with her sister, Michaela McGrady, titled Model Citizen. And, and because she never stops, a talk series with Yahoo Lifestyle titled All Worthy with Hunter McGrady. When she isn't working, which it seems like you're always working, Hunter, she (laughs) devotes her time to organizations such as the Jed Foundation. And you are pregnant. You are a new going to be a new mama. (laughs) I am. And what a great intro. I want you to intro me for everything because it makes me sound really fabulous. Well, you, you are, you are really fabulous. And I'm like truly, really honored to have you here. I'm a huge fan of yours. I love everything that you do for women speaking out on body positivity. You're so honest. You're so authentic. Um, Thank you. We need we need more of you, and obviously the <laughs> world that you. you are this busy because the world wants more of you too. And we're really honored to have you here. Thank you so really. much. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. And raising amazing is obviously it, this is a parenting podcast, and mm-hmm. we're so excited to have you now because you're expecting, and yeah. <clears throat> the minute you're pregnant, you're a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's so strange, right? Like you, you really do feel like that. So I'm also a step parent to a ten year old, um, and so I've kind of, I mean, I've I've been with her since she just turned five, so it's been really cool. To, like I'm so excited to experience this kind of stuff again, you know, but like daily. So I'm really looking forward to it. And, and how's it been? you know, during the pandemic, because I, you know, we get a lot of new parents that come Mm -hmm. through the office and I do interviews and there's a lot of, I would say, you know, anxiety in general with pregnancy, but it's hyper focus, hyper drive right now with the pandemic. So what's been going through your mind, uh, you know, in terms of the pandemic and any, you know, anxieties, fears, how have you been feeling with, with the pregnancy, especially during this time? Oh my gosh. So I'm already a really anxious person as it is. So adding pregnancy and then adding a pandemic on top of it, it's like overload. Um, you know, I think the hardest part for me has been not, you know, having my family to be able to like fly out. I'm born and raised in Southern California. Um, and I live in New Jersey now, but you know, not having my family be able to fly out and like see me pregnant, you know, it's just like such, such an incredible time, but to not have them, you you know, by my side through it has been a little bit strange, but, um, or even like going to appointments without my husband, you know, um, mm-hmm. as a first time mom, it's like, or like, you know, it, this is my very first. So it's like, everything is kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. So of course I would love him to be there, but, um, it just hasn't been our, you know, our reality. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just crazy. And I, and I feel the same way, you know, even with my family too, I haven't seen them in person 
in over a year. They're in Canada, yeah. the Toronto, and you have to quarantine for two weeks to go there. So it's just not realistic, you know, right. to do that. And that's it's crazy to be raising. You know, I have an eighteen-month-old now, and and they Ooh. have only met him once. They met him. It was before the pandemic. It, you know, luckily that when he yeah. was born. But but I haven't seen my sister's child yet, which is crazy. Ugh, it's insane. I know. I know it's it's so it's so hard. Going back to what you were um, to, to the anxiety, I just wanted to talk about that for a second because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of pregnant moms, well, we're at the whole world collectively is feeling anxiety right now. But whether you have right. anxiety before you're pregnant or not, there's something that happens during pregnancy where it intensifies. And doctor, you probably can explain mm-hmm. this from a scientific perspective, but I felt when my son's only two, so I'm new at this as well. Right, You're further right. along than I am because you've got a 10 year old stepdaughter. <laughs> I felt like I would get flooded with hor- like, I felt like I was flooded with hormones and like I would get like flooded with anxiety. And it, it's true, right? Because yeah. your hormones like double and then double again and then double again. And then you can't sleep because of it. Right. Oh and my then, God. and that's like this cool yeah. thing because you're never going to sleep again. And then you can't sleep right. before you have your baby. And, <laughs> and then I just remember being up all night, Googling things and reading books and then feeling like I needed to order a new book and so much to learn. And, um, that's me right now. I'm in that whole cycle of I'm literally every night. I'm like, maybe this is God's way of preparing me for what's to come because I'll, you know, get like three hours of sleep and I'm Google. I'm like, I need to stop Googling yeah. though, because I'm like every Everything, I'm like, okay, wait, my like, I just twitched for a second. What does this right. mean? And it's terrifying. And then you it's go terrible. down. Then you go down the rabbit hole, right? And you're like, I twitch. Uh oh, worst thing of I twitch. Uh oh, let me call. Yeah. Call, yeah. call someone. Okay. This is bad. Yeah, exactly. Like call nine one one immediately. You're like, oh my god. And like, no, it's it's just an eye twitch. It's fine. Yeah. Go get some get some sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's so true that Google is the worst, and probably obviously the worst for you, doctor, because everybody tries to self-diagnose, right? I mean, it's it's a mix, right? Because the more information we have, then sometimes people do pick up stuff and they and they do think about things in a different way. So that's good, but you can definitely go down the rabbit hole because this the internet loves to scare, yeah. and so the yeah. scary stuff comes up first, and it, it goes straight to, well, this could be cancer. This could be something yeah. that will really harm you, and you're like, oh, that's super scary, but it's not. It almost never is, right? Yeah. But it's good right. that at least we have that info. Right. Um, Because you do want to identify if something is serious, right? So I think that's not, it's not all bad. Totally. Other than (laughs) the anxiety from pregnancy and just the world, what have you had any other weird, like, pregnancy symptoms? Oh my gosh. So recently I have, it's funny because I have like searched high and low for this, but like my hips when I sleep at night, I can only lay on my side on one of my hips for like mm, five minutes. I am flip-flopping all night long. The thing is with pregnancy is this. I grew up thinking, oh my gosh, you you get pregnant and you're glowing and it's beautiful. You have this perfect little bump and it's the only place you gain weight and you're just like floating. The reality set in and I was like, okay, so I'm still waiting for my glow. I'm waiting for like, you know, X, Y, Z that I've like read about all my life. I was like, I'm also plus size. So I was searching online during my first trimester. I was like, plus size pregnancies, nowhere to be found. None. Interesting. And yeah. And it was, you know, it's been really strange for me because it's like, obviously it looks a little different for me, right? Like it doesn't look like this perfect basketball belly and like, you know, this, it's like, I've already had stretch marks pre-pregnancy, you know, and now it's just exasperated. Like no one told me about melasma, mm-hmm. not only on your face, but all throughout your, you know, various parts of your body. Like no one told me these things because I think that the media oftentimes like glamorizes these things. And then when you deal with them, you're like, am I the only one, yes. you know? Yes. And I think that's a really scary feeling. And, and that's kind of the stigma I'm trying to break, you know, as, as far as like on my Instagram or like my podcast, things like that is just like, you're not alone. Like these are all very normal things and they're just not talked about. Yeah. I, the, the hip thing is extreme. I had that too. It's like pelvic. I forget the name of it. Pelvic. Oh, pelvic girdle pain. But I couldn't walk. I finally yeah. found, I wish you were out here in LA because I would have someone that could fix you. She fit. I mean, I, I didn't, I, there was like three or four months, not sorry, at least three or four weeks where I couldn't walk and yeah. I had to see a, are you seeing a chiropractor or anyone helping you through this? I'm not yet. I've looked into a chiropractor though, which I think I'm going to go see chiropractor, like acupuncture, yeah. really anything at this point. Cause I'm like, yeah. oh, it's, it's such a 
painful, painful, painful thing. Yeah, yeah. it's deep. Um, but you're absolutely right about the things that women don't talk about th- mm-hmm. during pregnancy and also after pregnancy. The whole um, idea of bouncing back made me, mm. that whole thing made me irate. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And can I just jump in for a second? Yes. I think it's it's such an important point, and I, I think and that's why we, I commend you for for talking about some of this stuff as well, because people just aren't talking about it. When when our grandparents were going through this, they were in villages and they you know had mm-hmm. their their family around. People didn't like travel across the world like they do now, and they didn't have right. family in New Jersey and New York, and then in Los. Like, we were together, and yeah. so you have a much more realistic, I think, perspective on how things would go because you know you talk to people around you and this is what they went through and they would they would help you out and the friends around would help you but now we have social media and social media is not honest in any way about anything Mm -hmm. and that's mostly where people get their information now most people don't read as much anymore we don't we don't read as many books we watch youtube videos and what videos do we see we see the person with 100 million followers Mm -hmm. but they may or may not give the most accurate or appropriate information or they have 100 million followers because they're a model or whatever and then right. body is not the the normal or you're watching an edited right. video or photo and it's just not real and so we need real information because mm-hmm. just like you said people go through this like am i the only one is there something wrong with me am i supposed to not be feeling pain am i supposed to have the stretch mark here when, yeah. when, when pretty much everybody does right pretty yeah. much everybody does but you just don't know about it Right. No, it's so true. And this is why I always say like social media can be a blessing or a curse, right? Like you can really create, like curate your feed to like follow people who really inspire you and who are like-minded, or you can curate your feed to be like, you know, what you like aspire to be. And a lot of times that is like, you know, this very, very, very niche, um, facetune version of that person and you know even you know with bouncing back it's like so many of my girlfriends have just recently given birth in the last year I feel like there's been such a boom in mm-hmm. pregnancies um and there we always talk they're like I don't know how people can do it and I'm like well it's because you don't you don't see you know like the the Kate Hudson's who has probably like a chef and a trainer and you know it's it's their life like getting back to it they can afford a nanny all these different things some of these people yeah it's different if you if you get 45 minutes of sleep a night you can't yeah right right out you know and 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 even then you still have all sorts of other problems and things that you go that you don't that they don't talk about right you know i hear a lot about it but it's not like it's in the news right when someone's having a a bad night or they're throwing up all the time or whatever that's not what you're going to see you're going to see their happy morning picture walking with the bump (laughs) right and women are so uh, they're so expected to bounce right back and it's like we don't even give women a moment to breathe not only did you just create life you literally made organs you housed it for you know nine months or 40 weeks then you gave it you know life into the world then you know for the most part not all women but you know you also feed it to keep it alive with your body and then we like expect them to bounce right back and be like wait you don't have your flat stomach back yet what do you mean and it's like we put so much expectation instead of just being like wow, I really honor my body that, you know, with everything that it's been through and that everything that it's provided for me, for this baby, like, you know, and I I really wish women would would really just give themselves a break. Mm -hmm. You know, a girlfriend of mine, uh, just a few days before I I had my baby said, you know, that after you have your baby, you're going to look six months pregnant for a while. And Mm -hmm. I thought, Oh yeah, I guess I've I've sort of heard that, but okay, sure. She's right. like, I'm just just warning you because it's it's weird. And I was like, oh whatever, I'm not I'm not I'm not even worried about that. And the postpartum body is weird. It, it is mm-hmm. a weird thing. It's not. It, it and um and your hormones are now fluctuating all over the place, and so you can feel uncomfortable in your body for a minute. Um, as women, we're all used to that, right? But um. Right we shouldn't even be thinking about losing weight or any of those things that like we should just be bonding with our baby. And yeah. I did a, I did a movie five weeks after I had my son and, um, I didn't like mean to, it just sort of all happened that way. <laughs> right. And the, one of the producers of the film who was a woman was concerned about my weight. And wow. 
And then by like the third week was like, it looks like you've lost weight. I was oh, like, yeah, it's like, give me a break. I literally gave life. Yeah. yeah five I weeks don't ago. care. I really didn't care about any of yeah. it. And I, I, I appreciate your message to women about, you know, body image before, before you were pregnant and now during pregnancy, because we need more women talking about this. We just have Thank to support you. each other, lift each other up and make each other feel beautiful. Yeah, and can, can, I, can I even say just from what I, well, first of all, what I've seen from my wife and also in the office, it, it takes over a year for sure to even get close. You probably, you definitely never get back to exactly the same body that you had before because, you know, a baby was in there and then came out. <laughs> so you're not, it's, it's, nothing right. goes back it's to like exactly how it was. That's that just little not how, thing. Right. <laughs> it's a little thing. There's a baby, you know, but 80 you pounds know, or whatever. Hold on, I have to just, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you, but I don't, but I want you to get back on your soapbox. But like, we look at like the Kardashians and like what it, I'm not shaming anybody because they're beautiful, right. but like that is unrealistic. I don't, they all collectively, they have had a lot of babies and mm -hmm. it's very confusing when you look at their bodies and then, you know, I look at my body and, and I know better. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry, Mo doctor. Yeah. No, most, most women in the office, I would say, you know, to get back to some normalcy from, you know, if, if I see a mom, you know, before pregnancy and then after pregnancy, they usually look very similar to what I remember them before pregnancy, like a year to 15 months. Mm -hmm. And there's still definitely changes that, you know, I know that's from my wife. There's lots of body changes that, that go, that will never going to be the same, but it, you definitely don't get your body back a mm -hmm. week later. Like, it's not like the baby pops out and everything just like, oh, okay, we're, I guess we're done. No. And especially if you're breastfeeding too, mm -hmm. their hormones are different while you're breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. That's why you can do that. So you, you definitely are not going to have anything be the same until you stop breastfeeding um and then even then it's still not going to be 100 percent the same because the hormones are different you had a baby right but also you're it's, not yeah. supposed to be the same exactly and i think that like we just as a society put so much pressure on that also it's like a lot of people can't afford you know nurses or night nurses to come in or no. you know people to come in and take care of their baby they don't have family members that can take care of to give them you know time to work out or you know xyz so it's like that's most of the population they can't just afford to do that it's That's just me. them yeah 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 same I, I mean it's gonna be me and my husband you know and so it's like you know you uh you have to find that balance of like you know it really the kid comes first mm -hmm. You know, um, yes, of course you take care of yourself. And I think that that's so important. I think that always has to be so such a, such a crucial thing, but like at the beginning, like it, they're relying on you, you know, and give yourself grace during that time. And even after, even if it doesn't take, you know, a year or 15 months, 18 months, like however long it takes, you don't even, some people I'm always like, if it takes five years, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's taken yeah. me two years. But I'm yeah. still I'm still nursing my child, so I, but I'm I'm not even really thinking about it because I don't really care, and I haven't left the house in a year anyway. So um, I know. Um, no, but you know I you there are people before I had before I was pregnant. I had a lot of people tell me, "Oh, you have to have a baby. I hope you have a baby. You know, I have to. Mm. You have to have a baby." And I never really under or I never really understood that. And now that I'm a mother. When I meet people like you, now I, I've met you today, right. um, but you are one of those people that I'm sure the whole world used to say that to you too. I hope you have a baby. You, you, mm -hmm. you have such a beautiful perspective on life and all of it. Um, it's going to be really exciting to see how motherhood transforms you. I'm so excited. I, I, it's, still so surreal and like even feeling him kicking like it's just crazy that there's like life inside of you and you know for me it's like it's interesting because it's like I share so much of myself online and I will say even being pregnant I've gotten a glimpse of like mom shaming mm. of like I've shared products you know being like oh I, you know I think I might get this snoo or I might get this oh my god my dms are flooded with opinions and I'm like oh, okay so I have to also prepare myself for this because I think you know it's hard and and tell me if I'm wrong when you have a child and then you know someone always has something 
better or something different that works or and so I'm also like okay so I have to prepare for what that's gonna be like you know yes it's so I mean it's so annoying and you're right it starts the moment that you're pregnant everybody is an expert and the only advice I'm gonna give you because I'm gonna give you advice now but is don't listen to anyone yeah, Trust. especially not Serena. You, just don't listen. Can, <laughs> yeah, don't listen to anyone but me and Doctor Gator. Um, don't li- just just listen to yourself. You yeah. know, you will always know what's best for your baby. Right. It's, you will know if the snoo is for you. You will know if it's not for you. Like right. You are, oh what, my god, the debate between that was it's wild. So ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I, I snoo debates. Oh my god. You, I, I, I thought wanna, I. <laughs> I had no idea the floodgates that I was opening with this. I was like, oh, my God, I, I the, you would think I had just shared something super controversial. And I, got, I did, apparently. The snoo. I mean, what are your thoughts? Do I need, like, I'm just like, oh, God. So I'll tell you, I didn't have the snoo. I did not have the snoo. In the middle okay. of the night one time it, when he was just a few weeks old, I was, like, trying to nurse him and Googling. And I was, like, going to yeah. buy a snoo in the middle of the night. But I didn't. <laughs> He's asleep right now. He's not oh, amazing. Right now. I didn't love have it. the snoo. My baby sleeps. People that have the snoo, their baby sleeps too. Right. Just, I know. Oh. I'll, I'll tell you my opinion on it because I get asked this actually a lot in the yeah. interviews. So yeah. some people find it amazing and mm-hmm. like God's gift to the world and it, like, nothing else helps their baby sleep and that rocking, you know, makes them sleep. And most people don't find it that it does anything. Right. right. So it, it, it's either a very expensive bassinet that you just use as a bassinet. Um, right. Or it works really, really well. So there's nothing wrong with getting it. It can be super helpful for most people. But a lot of babies don't need it. We never had snooze or you know specialty rocking beds right. before. So it's not like your baby needs this. And the other thing that concerns me as an integrative doctor is the electromagnetic frequency. This thing has got like Bluetooth and you know all these yeah. things that are going around your baby. Yeah. We have no idea what that does to them long term. Right. So personally, for me, we did not get that. We we use just a you know, regular bassinet at first. I think it's fine to use this new if that's what you want to do if you yeah. get one. But I, I don't know what that long-term effect is. So to me, I'd rather you know, find any place where I can to decrease the frequencies around my baby. So we, right. we didn't get it. And now we're definitely not getting a new sponsorship. <laughs> right? Sue's <laughs> like, well, I thought, and now I'm out. You know, it's, it's funny you mention it's like what we used to do. My mom always tells me, she's like, God. You know, when I had you guys, I barely, like, people barely even got me anything. She was like, I literally, like, wanted nothing to do with anyone. She was like, you know, by the by her first, which is my older sister, she was like, I was, like, you know, so cautious. By the second, me, she was like, of course I cared. By the third, she was like, your brother didn't even have a bassinet. He slept in our bed till he was five, like, co-slept. Like, he, like, you know what I mean? So it's so different to see these stages. You really don't know what you're going to do until right. you have a baby in your arms and you know right. your baby. Like, totally. If I and there's too much the snoo, stuff. I too much stuff. I baby would have slept in the snoo. There is. He was yeah. like a kid that needed to be rocked and nursed to sleep. And everyone says, oh, you can't right. nurse your baby to sleep. Yes, oh, you figure it out as you go. You can do whatever. You figure it out as you go. Right. It's trial and error, just like everything in life. And it's funny. I'm reading this book right now called Crib Sheet. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. So it's basically from this amazing author. Author. It is like a New York Times bestseller, NPR, like highly, highly rated. And it's all based on like scientific facts, right? Like, yes, you can have opinions, 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 opinions. But like, here's the scientific facts about breastfeeding. Here's the scientific facts about so-and-so. And I find it so interesting to be like, okay, wow, this makes it feel so much more attainable and, like, feel so much more like, okay, this is, like, what, you know, science is saying, and I trust science, I trust, you know, these people, and I'm like, okay, God, it makes it feel, uh, it just makes it feel different and good. Well, you know, that's why we started this podcast, right, Dr. Gator, Mm -hmm. is because... Mm -hmm. There was a whole lot of opinions out there, and we wanted real, me as a new mother, I also mm-hmm. want real science-based, I want facts. I'm yeah. always asking 
Dr. Kidder, like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you, what are you insane? Oh my God. What a great, oh my God. I, I would be like on the phone with you every day. We are. Good thing we're not, because, yeah, because I would be like, yeah, I'd be like, so, um, yeah, is this normal? Is this a fact? Is this scientific based? He's the best That's what we're here for, right? Come back to LA, I'm telling you. Yeah, seriously. And can I go back to one thing that we were talking about with this stuff? Because I think that that's actually a really good point. And it goes really well with, with the body image conversation because I think that you know, we have way too much stuff and people focus way too much on their, their baby room and the nursery and all these mm-hmm. things. And it's like we see these beautiful pictures of all this stuff and that makes moms really nervous because i got to have the perfect crib yes, and the perfect room and the perfect color. And then you don't even use it because you're not even going <laughs> right. to use the newborn nursery for the first few months probably anyways. So stop worrying about all the celebrity nurseries or whatever. And just, you just need like a bassinet and like some bottles or yes. whatever and, 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 and some diapers. You know what's in mind right now? <laughs> what's in mind right now is a rug and a bunch of different baby clothes that need to be like put away and wa- that's it. Washed There's nothing. Yeah. And I have friends who have been fully ready with their nursery by like 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so far behind. But yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I feel like he's he's not even going to be using it probably for like a year like a, or eight, right. nine months, you know? Um, especially being right. a first time mom, I'm sure I'm going to want him next to me and be like, oh, okay, I just need to like look at him. Yeah. You'll need to um, him for at least six months. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is so true. There is so yeah. much stuff these days and it's just like Don't so stress. overwhelming. Don't stress. Yeah. Let your friends get you whatever they want to get you for, you know, for the, uh, for the nursery and then figure out whatever you need, but you don't need 99% of things before right. birth. You just need the stuff to keep them alive and right. there with you to feed and be there. They're going to be with you every day. So you don't need crib probably you don't need the beautiful paint you can do it later it's fine yeah Yeah. totally we have a question from a fan any weird pregnancy cravings oh you want to do it again with the name oh the name sorry yes (laughs) is it uh ehay 300 okay any (laughs) any uh any weird pregnancy cravings so i could eat a can of black beans a day like I am in love with black beans I don't know what it is and during my first trimester it was like all I could keep down and then like bean and cheese burritos like really bland super simple um I did have a pickle craving for like literally like five days where all I wanted was pickles and I'm not even a pickle person and then now I have a huge jar of pickles in my thing that I don't even touch because now it makes me gross it makes me feel gross um that's so cute I'm trying to think what else. The, um, it's been The sporadic. black beans is really funny. That's interesting. That's like super specific. Oh, I could eat a can. Like I could eat out of the can. Uh, I, it was, did, did you yeah. have any, Serena? Um, no, but similarly, I, are you having a boy? You're having a boy, right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. Um, uh, I had... I, I had like I had a feeling. I first of all, I was very nauseous for the first sixteen weeks, throwing up. Like I had Same. massive food aversions. The only thing that I could keep down was a croissant. I ate a croissant every single morning, like a butter front, like oh, delish, a, yeah. And and um, croissants, avocados, and and walnuts, like just pure fat. Um, yeah. But then later on, like once I wasn't nauseous anymore, um, I also wanted bean and cheese burritos. Oh my just, god! It's all super, yes. Like lots of tortilla. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's funny because they always say they're like boys. You don't or what? Again, back to what they say. You know, they're always like. Um, I mean, I knew I was having a boy the moment. I, I just, I knew it. I, yeah, it was weird. I, everyone was like, how do you know? I was like, I just know for 100% fact it is. Okay, I have a question um, for you. Wait, did you yes. know you were pregnant before you were pregnant? Oh, um, yes. And and I, I, I found out so early my OBGYN, my OBGYN was like, how did you even find, like, how did you even feel this? Like, it was so it's early. So cool. I, Sarah I did you knew too? too. Sarah knew. She took a test and it was negative, but she's like, no, no, I'm pregnant. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. I don't know. She just knew. I knew too. I felt like a, um, I felt like a presence inside of me. I yes. felt a consciousness or something. Yes, a hundred percent. It's such a special time. It really is. There's no other yeah. time like it. You are going to soon. When are you due? July 16th. July. Oh, sick. It's coming. Down. Yeah. Um, you're soon so gonna. Shape shift into three people. <laughs> Two people I know. Turn into three people. It's amazing. I know. Isn't that it's wild? wild? 
It's so crazy. I, I'm really excited for it. And I'm excited to like, I, I can imagine it's a lot, also a lot of pressure to be like, wow, I'm raising up a human. I'm raising up someone who's going to make decisions, who's going to possibly impact this world in a great way, who's going to treat other people a certain way based off of the way that I've raised them. Like it's so much responsibility, but so exciting to, to think about that. The fact that you're already thinking about it, this child is so lucky to have you as a mother. And that's why we're doing this is we all want to raise amazing little humans that do amazing things for the world and that are kind and loving and, and we need to do better as parents. Yeah. And when that anxiety pops up, which it will, just remember every other parent before you has done it. We can all do it. We have a lot more technology now. We have a lot, you know, better healthcare system. We have Google, we have snooze, we have all sorts of things. (laughs) So so there's a lot, a lot more assistance anyways than there ever was. So you can do it. And you will do it. You're gonna do totally. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I so appreciate it. So what has been the most amazing thing about pregnancy for you? Oh my gosh. I think feeling him. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's so exciting. And, and as every week goes on, it's stronger and stronger. And it's like, I'm like, it's funny. Cause I'm like proud of him. Like I literally find myself being like, I'm so proud of you. Like you're moving in there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so proud. And it's such a weird feeling. And I think also the the craziest thing is how all of a sudden, you know, like we mentioned at the beginning of this, it's like all of a sudden I switch to as long as he's okay. Like, you know what I mean? It was just weird because I think before, I mean, I wouldn't say I was a selfish person, but I think by nature, humans, can, you know, want to... Mm-hmm. to take care of themselves first and want to make sure they're happy and make sure they're, you know, which I think is so important. But the moment it really switched for me, I was like, wow. Okay. I, you know, if, if, if I am throwing up at the beginning, like I, I had really bad nausea and, and vomiting at the beginning. I was like, if this is making everything good for him, I'll take it, no doubt. If I have a headache, I'll take it, no doubt. If I, you know, I'm having a bad day, if I can't eat, you know, swallow something, I'll take it for him. Like, it's crazy. It just really switched to I'll do anything for his health and his safety and his happiness. And it's really been interesting for me. It's so cool. That's a, that's being a parent. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the best kind of parent. You know, you say before, like, you know, about phone calling doctor. Well, I would rather any patient that family that calls me more because a worried parent is a good parent. You know, our job is to it's okay. Your job is to worry. That's, that's right. Right. I love that. I need to find a pediatrician out here that also thinks that. (laughs) And then then he'll, and then they'll be like, who told you this? I'm going to be like, take it up with Dr. Gator. We don't love it when you call it like two in the morning, but you yeah, know, right. need to, but there's the day, you know, it's all good. <laughs> so let's talk about your podcast with your sister real quick. Yes. Yes. So Where it's called the model. Yeah. It's called the model citizen podcast. You can find it across all streaming uh, podcast platforms. Um, we, gosh, we launched April 15th and it's really just us kind of like chatting about different experiences. We really kind of dive into everything from body image to relationships and dating to sex to, um, maybe a little bit of political commentary, but like, we're very like open. Okay. We're an open book. We're nothing is off limits from, you know, relationships to like nipple hair. Like we really cover it all and like really make sure. Yeah. We kind of want it to be like a hanging with your sisters, um, kind of podcast. I love it. I have a sister and a brother, so I love, I oh, love I that. love it. Me too. I love that. I love that three children of three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for, for sharing with us and, and we wish you all the best and, uh, healthy rest of the pregnancy and an easy thank rest you. of the pregnancy. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. It was so lovely chatting with you. Wow. She's so happy about everything. It was such a fun conversation. I mean, we have a lot of conversations with people, but, but you know, it seemed just so organic with her. She was so open, and, and I don't know. I had, a lo- I had a lot of fun with that interview. Me too. I mean, she really is glowing from the inside out. That woman is, has a very bright, shiny aura and spirit and light about her and I am genuinely as I said in the interview really excited that 
she is going to be a mother. I think she's going to do a lot for body positivity and postpartum and all of the things. We need more more um, women, you know, speaking out about this. So once again, our our hearts go out to Hunter and her entire family um, for this devastating loss. And if you want to support, then there is a GoFundMe, the Tynan McGrady Foundation, and it's in honor of Tynan, who wanted to establish a foundation that will provide help and assistance to bring computer engineering education and supplies to youth across America. Yeah, um, her brother was just about to graduate, so it, it's um, really cool that they're setting up this foundation. We'll post it on our Instagram so you guys can find the link if anybody wants to support. And we have another special piece for this episode. We have a story from a mother of two and a nurse who was on the front lines dealing with COVID patients while pregnant and experiencing um, pretty extreme prenatal anxiety and depression. So we're really excited to share this story with you. Yeah, and it's, I think it's very important to to share more stories like this because we're, we've been so isolated for a year and, and it's just important to continue to hear what, what parents are going through because we're all going through, and we've said this many times, we're going through stress alone, but really we're all going through stress together. And the more that we hear other people's stories, I think the more that we, we get comfort that we're not dealing with this alone. Um, and, and there really are just so many stories like this or, or other stories um, and so just, just sharing that with you and, and, and being together, uh, I hope will help somebody else or more people out there um, know that they're not alone. Yeah. All right. Here's Ayla. Hi, I'm Ayla. I'm a nurse. And this past year, I was pregnant with my second baby while working on a COVID-designated unit. And it was one hell of an experience. Uh Getting pregnant during a pandemic was so much more emotionally challenging than I had ever anticipated. We did get pregnant on purpose, so I wish I could have told you that I knew what I was getting myself into, but I didn't, not even close. We had originally decided to postpone trying for our second baby uh, when I showed up on my unit on a Monday after having a unit meeting on Friday and being promised that there was no way we were getting COVID patients. COVID wasn't even in LA yet and we wouldn't have to worry about taking care of them. Then I show up on Monday and we have a COVID patient and we're expected to take care of these patients with no protocols in order, having no idea what we're doing. And uh, then all of my coworkers started getting sick. So we chose to wait to have a baby And after a few months of seeing so much death and so many families torn apart by this sickness that we decided there was no reason to keep our family from growing, that it was a privilege to be able to, and we should get pregnant. I wish I had known how hard that decision was going to make my life. I I struggled with prenatal anxiety and depression with my son, So I did expect that I would face it during this pregnancy as well, but with the state of the world and the trauma of my job, uh, it really brought it to a whole new level. I can honestly say I don't remember ever crying so much in one year of my life. With that um, brought a lot of guilt. I have a toddler that I was taking care of at the time, uh, my son, and I felt so bad for not being happy around him. And uh, I couldn't eat. All of this would have been normal to anyone in my state, but I was also pregnant. Um, So I was having guilt about the anxiety not being able to eat while carrying a baby and giving the baby enough nutrients. Uh, There was also just this aspect of isolation. Everyone was so grateful for my service. They would say, thank you for taking care of these patients, for showing up at work, but essentially don't get too close to me. No, your kid can't play with my kid. Um, my family stopped seeing me completely because they were worried that I would get them sick. So I was completely isolated, pregnant alone while trying to raise a toddler. And that is something that no one should ever have to go through. Uh, I don't think there was any way to experience that without getting 
prenatal depression and anxiety. And it really takes a village to get through this. It puts a lot of strain on you, your marriage, your hormones, and then to do it alone was extremely hard. Uh, I got a lot of criticism for putting myself and my baby at risk, a lot of uh, unsolicited advice. I never asked anyone what their opinion was in terms of me getting pregnant, but people loved to tell me. I would have strangers come up to me at the hospital and say, what are you doing here? You should be home. But the truth of the matter was I was needed at the hospital. We had so many sick nurses. We were short-staffed. We were redeploying nurses who had no idea what they were doing because they were NICU nurses who were used to taking care of babies. So I was having to coach other nurses. I was really needed there um, with dying patients. So it, it was kind of this moral and ethical dilemma uh, that I faced every single day. Um, you know, which, which life was more important. And luckily I didn't have to pick my, my baby's fine. She's born. She's beautiful. Um, but a lot of people got upset seeing me, uh, which made it even harder for me because I felt like I was necessary at the hospital. And I remember that they made a rule in order to protect ourselves. We could only stay in the room for a maximum of 15 minutes And I had a patient who couldn't feed himself and was old. It would take a while. And I stayed in there for 30 minutes. I remember my family found out and got really upset with me, made me feel very guilty. And I told them if I hadn't stood by my patient feeding him, he wouldn't have eaten. I mean, how are you supposed to make that choice? So that was a a big challenge for me. Um, I remember reading studies about, I should not have done this. I read studies about the long-term effects of maternal anxiety on fetuses. And I'm just going to say anyone who is experiencing prenatal anxiety and depression, do not Google that because it's not going to tell you anything you want to know. And it's just going to make your stress and anxiety and depression even worse. That was not a good idea, but it just added to my guilt. And then at four months pregnant, my nanny got covid We were so lucky to not get sick from her. No one in my family got sick. My son was fine. I was fine, but she obviously couldn't help us anymore. And after that, I felt like we were flying a little too close to the sun and I wasn't comfortable hiring anyone else. I felt like I used up my one lucky chance. We didn't get COVID. I didn't want any help in my house. So I started working on the weekends and then solely taking care of my son during the week, which meant for the duration, the rest of the pregnancy, I never had a whole day with my husband. I was pregnant, exhausted, overworked, taking care of a toddler alone, and then working straight through the weekend. And that was really, really hard. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I actually remember waking up every single day and before I would get out of bed, I would tell myself, I can do hard things. And I would repeat that. It makes me emotional. But I told myself, I can do hard things. And you know what? I could. I did it. I got through it. I don't think my toddler is going to remember me crying that year. I think he he smiled. We made activities in the house. My, my baby's born and she's cooing and smiling. I think she started, she started smiling early. So to anyone experiencing prenatal anxiety and depression... Your baby's beautiful. Your baby's going to be fine. Your kids are so much more resilient than you think they are. And you are also more resilient than you think you are. Um, Other things from that year. One experience, I remember holding a phone for a dying patient. This was actually a patient I had gotten close to. And I put the family on to say goodbye. And it was one of those moments I knew I'd remember forever. I could feel my heart breaking, listening to this family, saying goodbye to their mother. And at that exact moment, I felt my daughter kick inside of me. And I really feel like she was just reminding me that this is why we do this. This is why we do hard things and we get pregnant even in war and you know states of disease because life continues There's death and there's birth, there's sorrow and there's laughter. And her little kick just reminded me to believe in the beauty of life. And after this 
traumatic year that asked more of me than I thought I had inside, I'm so glad I went through it. I'm so glad I continued to work even with all the criticism and help everyone I could that I got pregnant and brought my beautiful daughter into this world. I think she's stronger for it, not the other way around. We got through it together. And um, to any mother just experiencing depression and anxiety during or after pregnancy, life comes in chapters. You can get through it. You will be stronger because of it. And your babies will be fine. Wow, that was incredible. The first time I listened to it, I just bawled my eyes out. Um, It's really important to recognize that these superheroes that are out here on the front lines and you're one of them doctor like we don't nobody asks how you're doing and all of the nurses and all of the doctors out there like who's asking you guys how you're doing no one my my wife's asking sometimes well good it's because you've got a good (laughs) wife (laughs) eli gives me hugs you know every once in a while so yes but it's it's really important to hear this and remember that everybody is going through this these kinds of Mm -hmm. things everybody even the people that are there holding the hands of your loved ones absolutely and it's people forget that you know we're all going through it too and and even you know especially in the healthcare field a lot of our jobs change my job went a lot from coughs and colds and runny noses and earaches to mental health discussions yeah there were very very few sick visits for a whole year but there was a lot of teen anxiety and a lot of just discussions around family dynamics and family issues and COVID concerns and mental health concerns. And so, um, yeah, I, I think the, the providers always need to be acknowledged and we need to remember that everybody's going through this and especially the frontline workers, you know, they, they've been through more than, than I think most people can even imagine. I mean, just the fact that you have to gown up all day and wear masks and gloves yeah. for, you know, 10, 12, 30 hours at a time, changing it all day, dealing with people that are sick, dealing with people that are dying. Um, and then you know, dealing that with, <laughs> with that pregnant. And that, too. that doesn't help. Already does experiencing help. Yeah. prenatal anxiety. And it's too much. It is too much. But hopefully, you know, as things continue to improve, then we'll see uh, everybody's mental health improve. And we're going to, as always, we're going to we get through this together. We will always there's tough times, but we'll get through it. Yeah. We will. And, uh, thank you, Ayla, for sharing your story. It's really important for everyone to hear. And anyone else out there that wants to share your story with us here at Raising Amazing, please, please do. You can send it in to raisingamazingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and that's what we're here to do. All come together so we can feel better feel mm-hmm. heard feel validated feel understood feel like we're not alone and not totally crazy with all of these anxieties just slightly and, crazy just slightly crazy <laughs> <laughs> and um keep raising the bar on ourselves so we can raise amazing children thank you all so much for joining us each week please be sure to subscribe to the raising amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes you can also follow us on instagram at raising amazing podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos and if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show you can send in your questions to raising amazing podcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city that's it for us for now we'll catch you next wednesday on raising amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.